Hey, welcome to another episode of Backwards Brothers. I'm with my man, Tony. And I am Joel. And we got a special guest tonight here. We got Commissioner Mark Scholl. Welcome yeah. to the show. Yeah, good evening, Joel and Tony. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy Freedom says, what is up, my people? Hey, Jeremy, good to have you Jeremy. here. Jeremy! So, Mark, thank you for joining us. I know that uh, you've been looking forward to coming on the show for a little while, and we've been yes, I have. we've been holding you back so that we didn't you didn't <laughs> peg yourself on a screw or a nail coming out of the wall because <laughs> we're going through construction. And not to mention, you are a busy, busy guy too. Yes. So. Well, yeah, I tell you what, uh, being on the uh, board of commissioners in Clackamas County is mm. busy all the time, and it seems every day I wake up, I discover that the problem just got a little bit bigger. Mm. So. Uh, keeps, so, it keeps me busy. Well, busy. yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is your first term, your second year in, yes. um, and you you have some obviously some big uh, big goals you want to try to achieve. And um, but why don't you tell me maybe what caused you to want to run and join? join well, me? you know, I uh, I retired from the military in 2010, mm -hmm. thinking I was going to live happily ever after, a quiet life in my home in North of Sandy. And uh, one day my, my son said to me, Dad, you know, uh, things are getting kind of crazy in the state of Oregon and the region here around Portland. Maybe you should get in, into politics, Dad. And uh, so anyway, I thought about it and uh, got involved as a precinct committee person. And then after a short time, I was asked to uh, uh, volunteer to be appointed as a house district captain in Clackamas County, which I enjoyed doing. Okay. And then as I got more and more involved, people would say, you know, uh, Mark, maybe you ought to run for the state legislature or perhaps county commission. And I thought about it. So in uh, 2020, in February, I just decided I'd go ahead and do it and file the run for county commissioner. Right on. And you got elected and stuff. So was, it a, yeah. was that a, uh, a hard run for you? Well, you know what? What happened was, Joel... Uh, I filed on the 10th of February, 2020. 30 days later, the governor put us all on lockdown because of the pandemic that was going around, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened was I had to get creative. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't knock on doors. So I, I got my laptop out and did what I called the you know, pandemic Campaign. Uh, campaign videos, <laughs> right. which, which right. I hated doing, by the mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. You know, staring at myself in a uh, computer screen yeah. and talking to myself is not like something this. I enjoy doing. Uh -huh. Kind of like, you, like you're doing right now? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cyber. Yeah, just about. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, but anyway. But what, what happened was, you know, before I filed in 2020, I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm going to like running for office. Politics is kind of a, you know, dog-eat-dog -dog world, and, and I kind of wanted to have a nice, peaceful life. But when I got into it, I started to actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And the more I, I got around, uh, when I could finally get out and talk to people, uh, the more I found that uh, people in Clackamas County were really hungry for somebody to stand up and speak for them because so many people in the county felt like government was not listening to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, if anything, the way I see myself as a county commissioner is somebody who is just another guy, uh, another citizen, nothing special, but somebody who has got a job to do to represent the people of Clackamas County. 
to be a voice for and, and you know the other thing too about that Tony is I don't I don't differentiate between somebody who says they're a Republican or somebody who says they're a Democrat or mm -hmm. a independent I, I listen to everybody everybody's problem is their number one problem and so when I'm talking to them, it's got to become my number one problem, too. So it's Talk not about. a red or a blue problem. No, it's a problem. No, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. And the, being on the commission is a nonpartisan uh, bill, right? Yeah, nonpartisan. Yes, yeah, nonpartisan. So uh, the more partisan somebody is in the way they approach these duties, I think the less effective they are. Hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. Yeah. I think that's the biggest challenge. Whether you're sitting in a, a, a local county, a city councilor mm -hmm. position, or a county seat, is especially as as a nonpartisan, is you have to be able to put your own party politics aside, and you have to be able to try to listen to what the people want. And sometimes it doesn't always agree with everything you want. You got to try right. to find that common ground yeah. that's going to meet because that's where you're meant to be is in that common ground, that meet zone, where you're going to try to get what this group of people wants and what this group of people wants, and try to find a okay. We can't get you everything you want. We can't get you everything you want, but we want to try to find this workable, this workable solution. Can you accept this? Can you accept this? Hmm. Okay, we'll go for that. So yeah, and you know, uh, in government, that's probably the best approach is having a attitude that is uh, willing to be compromise. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can't have all the toys, or you can't have all the toys, or I can't have all the toys. You know, we're going to kind of share a little bit. You know, uh, today people are, don't like to compromise as much. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, and, and Go to your corners. A lot, of, a lot of folks out there have really nasty attitudes. They can't really sit down and talk to you. But here's what I find is really effective. People ask me, uh, Mark, you're a conservative man. And what does that mean? And I tell them what my idea of my definition of conservative is. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, the Constitution as amended, the family, Judeo-Christian values, and law and order 24-7, 365. Mm. Now, there's things you can add to that, but just about anything you can think of that's an important value to you probably comes under one of those four things. It really does. And so that's the way I come across to people, you know, value-based, not mm -hmm. partisan-based. And you'd be surprised how many people, when I start a conversation with them, have uh, a, uh, an idea about a problem that I disagree with. But after I talk to them, a lot of times they'll, they'll kind of open up and at least consider... Uh, my ideas. I got to consider their ideas also. So exactly, exactly. It's listening both ways. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think you had a question for him. Well, as a matter of fact, um, you know, I was going to say, how frustrating is it to uh, stay nonpartisan when your values, you know, it's become so far this way and mm -hmm. so far this way that even your values that you mention yeah. alone become partisan issues. Well, because of yeah. that big chasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? I. I don't really look at it that way, Tony, mm -hmm. uh, because because a party affiliation mm -hmm. is one thing, okay? And normally our party affiliation is going to be based on the idea that we share with that party some of their values, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I don't compromise my values. Mm -hmm. 
you know, mm -hmm. I'll compromise on a solution on a political uh, question, but I don't compromise my values mm -hmm. ever. And because if I do, I, I stop being myself. And if I do, I, I don't think I could be effective at anything. You know, you got to respect that too. Yes. I mean, and that's a good statement is if you compromise your values of who you are, you, you're compromising yourself. You're no longer yourself. And yeah. I mean, you, you have to look yourself in the mirror the next day. Right. And, and, and all of us, whether we're elected officials or not, we have, I think, a responsibility to present our values to other people in a positive way, not a threatening way, not a, I'm better than you are kind of way, but in a way that will hopefully make people stop and think. Mm -hmm. And and I'm convinced uh, that uh, the values I just mentioned to you are, are, are critical in your family, in your city, in your county, in your state, in the nation. Mm -hmm. They're very critical values. If uh, take any one of those values away that I just mentioned, you don't have America anymore. Yeah, okay? exactly. And, I mean, that's what and, I'm talking about. And also in my life, uh, what I've observed is people who have have replaced those four values with something else typically have problems. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. take the Constitution and re try to re replace it with something else. Communism, for example. Uh, uh, some would say uh, they want to see the Constitution replaced by Sharia law. I've talked to people right in the county that feel that way. Uh, you no longer have America. Mm -hmm. You take away law and look what happens when you take away law and order, even for a short period of time. Couple you, you get a couple you, hundred days of rights. Well, you, get, you get Portland. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Um, like I was mentioning earlier, Chicago, I think, used to be a nice city about a hundred years ago, and uh, mm -hmm. and and once it goes bad, it's Almost impossible to get back. Uh, you know, oh, so yeah, you got to try to dig out all that corruption yeah. and that evil yeah. in there. It's, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. Real quick, a couple people on here said uh, um, yeah. basically, Sapat, Kelly all said hi. How are you doing, Mark? Um, Mary says hi, everyone. Keep the, I mean, probably Brandy says hi, everybody. Keep those comments tonight. Keep those comments coming tonight. Um, and then uh, Mary Whitney says, they look uncomfortable standing up. Can I sit down, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, I think we got used to it. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Give I'm you a stool if you need a stool. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, Sapa says, uh, hello, Mark. Uh, how do you deal with negative criticism from other political parties? Oh, yeah. good question. Okay. You know, for those of you who have read the newspapers and watched the TV, especially last year, I came under a huge amount of criticism from people who don't share my values, right? Uh, people who did not think I would be elected, and once I did get elected, they didn't want to accept my election. So uh, it was really intense last year uh, with uh, not just not just constructive constructive criticism, but really nasty. Uh, attacks. Hmm. And here's the way I dealt with it. I uh, went back to the old stoic principles of don't react. You know, I can't, I can't uh, control how people act, but I can control how I react. That's good. Mm -hmm. exactly. and, and so that's what I did. And uh, uh, a lot of times uh, the intent was to get me upset. I always stayed cool and calm. And people would say uh, after a debate or 
uh, a meeting at the county where people would come in and criticize. How do you do it? And um, how do you stay so cool? And uh, I just explained to him that uh, that it's, it's imperative to stay cool and calm when you're under fire because as soon as you lose your cool, they, got they, you. they win. They, they got win. you. They got you. Yeah. Exactly. You say That's something you don't for. really want to say. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, so staying cool and calm and under control is is a way to handle criticism. Yeah, and that's that's the thing yeah. too. Is it's 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 just funny how it's uh, so one sided. You, they come in, they'll say all these horrible, mean, untrue things about you, and then the minute you say one thing even remotely out of place, oh, you're a bad person. But what about them? You know that right. never comes up on the place because yeah. you can't you can't look at it like that because that just frustrates you. So yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, another little trick last year was, in a lot of meetings, people would come in during public communication and be very, very critical. And when it came for my turn to speak at the end of the meeting, I'd always thank them for coming in and talking because it's important. I want people to come in and express their values and their opinions, even if I don't agree with them. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's a. To, it's actually yeah. a constitutional thing exactly. to come and address right. yeah. address your government, yeah. your leaders. That's right. Yeah, so. Well, and I can't expect people to listen to my ideas if I don't listen to theirs. That, that awesome. sounds very yeah. accepting. It's yeah. awesome. So the yeah. word I keep on hearing, the repetitive word I keep on hearing from you, uh, Commissioner Mark, and from you too as well, Brother Joe, is values. Mm. You want to hear others' values. It's much deeper than opinion. It's it's the heart of who you are is what you're talking about, getting down to the heart of who you are, what you value. Well, Because what you value, you will invest in. Tony, uh, Tony, we have to be able to articulate what our values are. Mm -hmm. If we can't do that, it's difficult to get down the road in life to a place you want to go to, mm -hmm. to, to achieve the things you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Because without, without being rooted in values... Uh, we uh, are subject to reacting to things in ways where we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Well, it's like you see old, what I mean? It's like the old saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll, you'll oh, fall for anything. That's, hey. that's, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Well, and so, I always saw values as, as setting the needle of your, of your moral compass. Mm. That's, well, mm. okay. That's, <laughs> that's really good. Yes. What I've told people before uh -huh. is... Uh, people who understand their values, and again, they might not agree with my values, but if they can articulate their values, they're going to have a compass setting, and they're going someplace. That someplace they're going, you might not want to go to, mm -hmm. but for people who cannot articulate what they really believe in and what drives their thinking and their yes. and their uh, aspirations, yes. Yes, yes. they're all over the place. Yeah. I mean. I know you've probably known guys that are well up in age and are still struggling to find who they are, and they usually can't even identify what their values are. Exactly. I, I bet I, it's definitely a real, real case. I yeah. know quite a few people that are much older than me that are still kind of wandering, trying to figure out because your value, at least uh, you, if you ever read the Purpose Driven Life, the value gives. You purpose. It gives you direction. It gives you something to, to your life to live your life for. So if you get that's based upon your set of values. So exactly, and, and if I could, I'd like to share a little illustration. 
that I use when I, especially when I talk to young men. Okay. All right. Yeah, go for it. You know, for a lot of young men, uh, they're unsure of themselves. They're maturing. They uh, are kind of uncomfortable in their own skin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of young guys, they haven't had a dad that uh, they could really sit down and talk to him about life. So, a, a little illustration I use when I talk to guys is. I tell them, think about being a well-rounded square. And they kind of look at me. And I said, just imagine a square on four sides. Social, mental, physical, spiritual. Okay? Now imagine going down life, uh, you know, on a square, bumping along. Uh, take and look at those characteristics you have. And identify where you're strong, where you need to develop. Love it. A better, exactly. Better spirituality, better Love it. physical strength, better social. mental, better social skills. Yeah. Until that square becomes a circle. Mm. Okay. Mm. Can you can you yep. envision that? And now you can go through life, you know, smoothly and be a a, a wheel or just getting through life. Uh, without a lot of problems. Huh. So uh, if young men can, uh, and this works for women too, of course, but I, in the military I worked with thousands of young guys and, you know, I ended up counseling. You know, when you're a leader in the military, you end up counseling a lot of young guys. And uh, So anyway, that's, that's a way of looking at your personal development. And along with that, usually will come some development and uh uh, focusing in on what your values really are. What your values really are. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's great. It's a tool for self-understanding. Um, well, I know you definitely. have a commercial, but I want yeah, to Yeah, I'm it. about to get to that. So yeah. Go, yeah, give me one second before we get to that. Hold the thought. We, got a, we actually got a sponsor we're going to get to right here. Whitney Signs, great company out here. Made this thing right here. Also, uh, you might see a lot of signs around town that they have probably made and you wouldn't even know it. Go and take a look at Whitney mm -hmm. Signs. Go hey, we're going to segue into family and life eventually, but I was actually going to say, you know, I, I'm not quite up to tune on your military service, but you also multifaceted. Um, you talked about young men and you talked about training young men and one of your values is family. Um, how, how? So here's a multifaceted question. How do we answer the, um, and I'm going to say it, the violence and the, the gun violence and all those types of things that we're trying to figure out what to do with, with legislation. How do you answer that with young men, gun violence, break down the family, those types of issues that I believe are core issues to why we have issues that we have today in terms of the violence that we see? Well, young, young men, uh, by the nature of the way they're made, they have a tendency to be a bit radical, a little bit violent when they're young. 
You know, when you're surging with testosterone, you can whip anybody in the world, and you know, we've all been there. Uh, but I think getting back to those four values, the family value piece, is that uh, so often in America, the family has broken down, and communication, especially between dad and the kids, has broken down. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I found is that the most important thing for a young man to have, to be able to grow up, be well socialized, like you just talked about, is to have a dad who can sit down with them and address a problem, not tell them how to solve it, but like what I did when my kids were young, is they have a problem at school, sit down with a cup of coffee and a hot chocolate and ask them what happened, how do you think you could have reacted in a different way to make the outcome better, and begin to reason, begin teach reasoning as problem solving to your kid. So too many young uh, guys uh, today have not had the benefit of a loving, devoted dad. And again, that goes back to uh, a lot of social problems that we've had to deal with, probably going back to the early 60s, I think when a lot of things started changing in American society mm -hmm. that began to have a negative effect on the family. It's the first part of the day. Okay. The so family. The, family, yes. the family is so important. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, I've, I have never met a young man, a civilian or a military, who was having problems who didn't agree with me <laughs> on this issue. You know, if you just had a, the right dad who could talk to him and teach him uh, how to react, how to think, and how to develop some self-control, it's hugely important. The other thing, too, is, of course, uh, in our society, uh, divorce is rampant. I, unfortunately, have suffered that myself. Uh, and it's, it, makes it, it, makes it, it makes it difficult for a dad to spend enough time with his yeah. kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when your wife now is divorced and she's 50 miles across town, mm -hmm. uh, it's tough. It really is tough. Uh, so... But the role uh, of the father uh, is so important. It still, is very important. It is very exactly. important. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know it's difficult uh, to stay married, but I, I tell people all the time, man, if you're going to get married, make sure you do it right and you stay committed. Mm -hmm. don't, don't have this idea that you can stay married for a few years and, and move on. Man, once you're married, especially when those kids come, you're a dad for the rest of your life. Yes. Exactly. No matter what happens, it becomes a, the, the core center focus is to make sure that that child is taken care of and things like that. So exactly. And I love that you spoke to commitment because it says well, a lot about you. Exactly. And, and I can tell you, in my life, probably the biggest joy I've ever had is being a dad to my two sons, Matthew and Morgan. I mean, uh -huh. it's been just an absolute joy to me to be a dad. Huh. And I can tell you that I guess I got lucky because... Um, you know, they're 28 and 32 now. Never had a bad day with them. Wow. Awesome. I mean, never awesome. really had a bad day. What? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, a couple comments real quick. Uh, William says, hello, Mark. Uh, James says, hello, everyone. How are you guys doing? Uh, Max says, greetings, everyone. Uh, Amy says, great question, Tony. Uh, Amy Sue. 
Oh. Uh, uh, Adam Dodd uh, says, I'm glad to see you guys. Uh, communication is really important. Yeah. Uh, Osrin says, everyone uh, have some special memories with their family. Please share some with us. We are going to get to those in just a minute. I have a few actually more questions specifically that, that might uh, direct more your position there. Uh, so maybe relate to the party, but the values you hold high for the county and for yourself, uh, say what are the values you hold high for the county and yourself in a political setting? Can you just do a quick re like thirty second recap on the on your four values you mentioned earlier? Okay, again, the four values that I stand on in everything I do: the Constitution as amended, mm -hmm. Law and Order twenty four seven three sixty five, the family, and Judeo Christian values. Awesome. Now, with those four things, I think we can get along pretty well in this world. Definitely. Now, Definitely. You, you want me to talk about? How those values uh, apply to the county? What was your question? Uh, they just wanted to uh, how they uh, what are the values you hold high for the county and yourself in a political setting? And I think we we've, we've already talked about this. I just wanted to recap those real quick so oh, they could okay, hear. Okay, okay. So the number one thing that I would say when it comes to uh, values as related to Clackamas County, and the, the number one thing is. Uh, that the the county exists for the benefit of the people that live in this mm -hmm. county. They, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I try to focus on that every day and every decision I make with the county. Uh, but what's happened at city levels, county levels, state levels, and the federal level is people who are involved, employed by government, things began to change to a decision making based on what's best for them and not their constituents. Hmm. And so that's something that we, we really have to be careful of because it is a endemic problem to government going all the way back to uh, Ro ancient Roman times. Exactly, and that's where the, the yeah. government becomes too powerful. Yeah, and our founding fathers tried to build switch. things into the, our, our constitution to protect the people of America from that problem, mm -hmm. but uh, like in the case of Article 1, Section 8, U.S. Constitution, enumerated powers. We're not following that. And if the federal government did, your federal taxes would be a fraction of what they are today. Exactly. And it would send a message, well, it would put uh, responsibilities that are now uh, taken by the federal government back to the states and would have more. Well, you could talk about uh, Amendment Number 9 and the con uh, constitutional amendments. They talk basically identify that the that the Constitution wasn't written to grant power to the people, I mean, grant rights to the people. The Constitution was written to form the government and give them the limitations of what they write Ex to do. Have. Exactly right. Exactly. And, yes. But while all other rights are numerated, uh, numerated or not, are basically belong to the people. That's yes. right. Exactly so, right. And so that's why people skip yeah. over the, uh, the Ninth yeah. Amendment, but that's so critical to understand there because it very clearly identifies that the government is, is not granting anything to anybody. We actually grant the government the right to do what they do. That's exactly right. And the other thing on that, one more comment on that, uh, Joel, <laughs> is that too few people who are at the federal, state, county level understand that. And that's why you see the size, scope, and the cost of government at all those levels get bigger and bigger and bigger at the expense of the hardworking taxpayers. Okay? Exactly. And, and one of these days... The system will break when the exp the cost of government gets so high and your pocketbook gets so thin that something's going to have to change. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about the tax rate that I pay right now. Yeah, 
so uh, I, I know we have more questions that people put in here, but we're going to get back to those at a later time. Uh, but first, I think before we go too far, we should probably talk about some pizza, should we? You know what? I'm quite hungry myself, as a matter of fact. And there's Hitch and Post Pizza. That's our local Estacadian, Estacadian, I've never said that before, Estacadian shop, a pizza shop. It's called Hitch and Post Pizza. It's fun for the whole family. Valerie is in charge, and she's been here for years. And we want to give her a shout out through this commercial. Watch this. And there you have it. <laughs> Pizza. Uh -huh. uh, real quick, uh, Ksana said uh, we're going to get to this question at the, after we talk about your, uh, your little bit about your pictures and a little bit about you personally. But she, uh, we, I want to end it. We'll end out the area with uh, how to stop drug addiction in the county. Death is rising up very fast. Uh -huh. So let's talk about that, and then we'll end on that question there. Okay. Okay. So uh, we got some pictures I went and took off your Facebook. Oh, good. So let's start we with the first picture here. We'll talk a little bit about them as we go through. <laughs> So let's get that first picture. There you go. Yeah. Uh, see, it looks like you're in your uh, dress blues. No, 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 no. That was on uh, Veterans Day a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I was invited to a big gathering, uh, and I wore my my rack. You wore your rack? Okay. That's just on a regular navy blue civilian suit, uh -huh. which is what I wear. Which is, which is what I wear when I go to uh, functions where uh, it's about veterans or okay, about the Constitution. So. Fourth of July and that sort of thing. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. and you were in the Navy for how long? No, no. I was commissioned in the Marine Corps in 1977. Marine Corps. Oh, there you go. Men's department. Yeah, Men's <laughs> department. And I, I retired from the military in 2010, but my my military service was a little bit different. I never really planned on being in the military for all those years. Uh, I wanted to serve my country and then live happily ever after. Uh, but it didn't work out that way. Uh, and actually... Uh, from 77 to 2010 and 35 years, but I had about a 10-year break in the middle mm -hmm. um, where I went, transitioned from the Marine Corps to Army, Army Guard and then uh, on active duty uh, in the Army and then uh, retired in 2010, 20 years active duty and another five years uh, guard time and reserve time. Right on, right on. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't remember this one, Tony. This is... Uh, you know, oh. I don't know why you can see it. Um, you know, it looks like he's in front of, yeah. it looks like you, Commissioner, are in front yeah. of a fire truck here. Well, yeah. that was last year. Yeah. Uh, at the, out of the good town of Estacada. Yeah. 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 We had a party out here, and I got to come out for uh, some barbecue that day. It was yeah. a beautiful day. And mm -hmm. Oksana and I were uh, here, uh, had a great time. You know, every yeah. time I come to Estacada, I always have a great time out here. you got great <laughs> people in Estacada. i got to tell you really fast with that one. When yeah. I saw you, you came right up to me. Yeah. with Oksana, and you said hi. Like, I, I, I didn't even, you know, it, that really impressed me. I didn't know who you were, and you came up, and you talked to me, and you well, said hi. I, I love talking to people, you know? You can see I mean, that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, that it, it makes yeah. the world go round. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, here is actually exactly one year later. Yeah. Now, here we are, back here, just uh, out here, just a little bit uh, west of Estacada for... Uh, Hillock Burn Farms. That's right, for the Estacada... Uh, 
awards uh, dinner yeah, first for responders dinner. first responders and another, the one you another, were at before, you, before that was the first responders yeah well. another great time and also really good food I really had a good so time pointing out you're a really yeah. good you're really you're really big on supporting law enforcement and, oh. and, and first responders just that, that one value law and order 24 7 365 mm -hmm. is important that value yeah here we are just about five miles from my house uh, just a little bit north of Sandy Oksana and I were thinking about the importance of farming and uh, looking at encouraging people who have even a backyard to start a garden uh, and do what they can to offset the rising cost of food mm, yeah, with this inflation. Oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> Now, that is... That looks is, delicious. That, Are you a chef? No, no. That is... Th that is... At the Sandy Mountain Festival here a couple months ago, mm -hmm. uh, Oksana said she wanted a uh, ice cream cone dipped in nuts there. Oh, okay. And That's I think good. I ended up eating most oh. of it. Before we get too far, the viewers don't know who Oksana is. Yes. Well, Oksana is a little uh, uh, special delight in my life. I met her a couple years ago. Uh, she's from Ukraine. And she just happens to be probably the most beautiful, sweetest little thing mm -hmm. I ever New and uh, she just makes life great fun. And uh, I she, think I might have a picture of her on there. She's got a great personality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. And there we are at the uh, sheriff's building in Happy Valley, there, uh, wow. Clarkson County Sheriff's Office. Oh, wow, that's good. What else we got here? Yeah. Oh, looks like we got your whole family there. Yeah, that was a little dinner we had uh, here uh, at the house. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, somebody's birthday. Oh, just, is that the one oh. you? Is that the one commissioner you're going to invite us to? No, no. That, that, that was you said, no, no. That's that's strawberries. Yeah, no, you're going to get invited. No, that, that was just a little dinner we had about a month ago. Oh, and there, uh, wow. Oksana and I are at yeah. the uh, Clackamas County Fair oh, wow. at the Republican yeah. Party. When were you down there? Yeah. You went down there twice, actually. Well, yeah. No, I, I, you were down there for the state fair. Oh, okay. oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that morning, uh, that Tuesday morning, first day of the fair, we walked in the kitty parade, which was a real joy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never seen so many beautiful, young, happy little kids. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're happy when you throw sixty pounds of candy at of them, right? Of course. Uh, but we and had quite a great, energized too. Oh, they are. <laughs> we, we had a great time that day. Sure did. And that's uh, on my back deck here. Mm -hmm. uh, picture taken in oh. 2020 when I was campaigning. Uh, with Mount Hood in the back. Right oh. There. oh, I thought that was uh, over there by uh, the, the Bluff and Sandy. Yeah, well, actually, it's right about a mile north of there. Uh, oh, okay. But this, uh, I'm standing on my back deck right there. Oh, where that's the cool. Taken. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I don't know what that is. You can get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find a way to kill the pictures from the old shows on there. That's <laughs> awesome. And that's the previous show. <laughs> I thought you had three shows ago. Three shows ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, hey, ahead. by the way, speaking of, of that, we've done about 107 shows so far. Uh, between all three of our, well, 107 episodes, it's all three shows. All three shows. So, yeah, we've done 60. This is our 65th episode. 65th um, episode. Uh, we are, after, right after this one, we are going to be doing our... Sixth episode of Ranger Games. Ranger Games six. Tomorrow is thirty sixth episode for for uh, campfire discussions. With yeah, Brandy. With, with Brandy. Yeah, so. you're so taken aback by her beauty that you couldn't remember that. Uh, exactly. That's what happened. Uh, I tried oh, to Mary say that. says Oksana is beautiful. Oh, thanks. Oksana and Bell, uh, she tagged her. Looks like. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Mary Whitney. I, I like Mary. She's Mary's great. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She's and by the way, we're rooting for Sean. 
Yes, um, for winning his election. We're, oh, yeah. The election, he's up for that, oh, so yeah, we are I, rooting for him. I know he'll do good. You, you get a really good mayor in Sean Drinkwine. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Really for the you people. sure do. Really Absolutely. For the people. Yeah, he really cares about this community and the people here. Um, yes. So, uh, let's see. I think we have, might have time for a couple of the questions that came up there. Um, so, uh, someone had asked about uh, your, your thoughts on schools that they need improvement. That's all that comes Okay. Up. All right. There... Joel, <laughs> I don't think we have time is, for a full. Okay, real quickly. Okay. Oh, you go. Okay, go for it. Go but for yeah, it. but I there get you. I get is, you on that. There is nothing more important in this world than our kids. Mm -hmm. Number one. Mm -hmm. Number two. There, the second most important thing is how we raise them and educate them to be prepared to be competitive in a world that's becoming more competitive all the time. And our K through twelve schools that you pay your taxes for, your property taxes, and mine, they've got to be efficient. And they got to produce well-educated young people. Mm -hmm. uh, the the problem in Oregon is that, according to the Oregon Constitution, the governor has got a great deal of control over K through 12 schools. The governor appoints the super the state superintendent of schools and everybody on the state school board. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they drive curriculum. So if you've got a, if you have a governor that wants a kind of curriculum in your schools that is not producing a 12th grader who's reading, writing, great with math, knows history, and is prepared to go on a, a bigger and better things in the world, you've got a ser serious problem. So right now, in my opinion, the biggest problem we have in our K-12 schools is the leadership that drives the decision-making on what your kid learns in school and what hours of the day and how they're divided up and for what subject. That's our biggest problem. And so that means that whoever's elected governor in November, mm -hmm. I'm praying that the first thing they do is sit down and they look at our K-12 through schools yes. and determine what changes need to be yes. made to produce a 12th grade graduate who is the most competitive young man or woman to go out in this world economy and really do well. Excellent. And when Christine's elected governor in, uh, in November, I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, I think that's actually on her plan. I, I, I believe that if Christine Drazen is elected in November, come January of next year, you're going to see radical changes in case. Yeah, exactly. Cool. She's actually put her plan exactly what she's well, going to do. Well, I was going to say. Yeah. She's, there's yeah. no question what she's going to do. It's no. there. She yeah. spelled it out very yeah. clear and yeah. concise, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, there's no question yeah. about it. She's exactly. like, this is what we're doing. We get to clean up the swamp. Oh, yeah. Exactly so, right. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I know that the last question actually has a place in your heart, too, and that talks a little bit about the question about some of the drug problems in there. Yes. I know that in your field, that's something you probably deal with a lot more. So yeah. I'll let you kind of take up that last question. No, I, you know what? I just, I believe that Oksana asked the question. So go for it. Take it away. It is in my field. Yeah, okay. I so don't see it. The frustrating part about being a, a county commissioner when it comes to addressing this horrible problem we have in Clackamas County with barbiturates, mm -hmm. fentanyl, mm -hmm. is that we cannot control the causes, all, all the causes that are, that are causing this epidemic. We have porous borders. We know that a lot of drugs come across the southern border and other places 
uh, in America. Mm -hmm. That's got to be controlled by the federal government. County commissioners, city councilmen can't do that. Mm -hmm. So the ad addressing the problem of, of killer drugs in our society, uh, in our towns, in Clackamas County, uh, can only be done if we have a holistic approach to it at the federal, state, county, city levels. Beautifully. So basically, all working together. Otherwise, you, we'll never beat it, Joel. So you're basically you're saying we need to repeal levels that measure 104, is it? No, measure 110. That's good too, though. Okay, yeah. measure, measure 110 decriminalized uh, certain amounts of these, what I call the killer drugs. Mm -hmm. Okay? And it didn't do us any good. Uh, now we have had young people die of fentanyl overdoses mm -hmm. in the region. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's the one thing that terrifies me more than anything else, and that is the potential for a young, innocent child to come in contact with now this new rainbow fentanyl that looks like candy, and even just touch it. It's so poisonous that even if a, you or I touched it, we'd probably be dead yeah, I've, in a short time. I, I've actually, I think I've seen an officer that actually got some under his skin on a yeah. video. That's and right. He, had yeah. a, he, he almost yeah. killed him. Yeah, exactly right. But, but you know, I see this problem all over the United States, in big cities especially. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere, but especially in big cities. And I, it's heartbreaking because it's, it's really destroying our society. And until we can work together in a holistic way at federal, state, county, city level, we're not going to beat it. I'm so glad you didn't mention mental health. Because I, I, I think that's a byword now. When we're dealing with people with addictive issues, we're dealing with the addiction first so that we can get them to a baseline to be able to have a conversation. So it's almost putting the cart before the horse exactly. if we try to do yeah. the inverse of that. We exactly. can't talk to a person who's high. No. Exactly. Uh, there's no reason with that. Or, or, well, you can't reason with somebody who's incapable of reasoning because yeah. of a chemical that totally right. alters their, their total psychology. Yeah. You, know, right. you ever try to have an uh, intelligent conversation with a drunk person? Yeah. It's, it's 100 times worse when they We have around. to get them detoxed first <laughs> yeah, in order to have a conversation. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so glad you yeah. didn't go to mental health. And that's why I came yeah. here. Mental health, yeah. mental health. Yeah. yeah, okay, good. But yeah. but, but let's, let, let's solve the problem by not dealing with the effects of it. Let's go mm -hmm. down to the foundational causes of this fentanyl mm -hmm. epidemic. Okay. Open borders. Okay. Uh, laws in some of the states like ours that are too lenient on people who make money at the destruction of other people by the drug, very drugs they sell. Exactly. Okay. So, so okay. Yeah. Oh, we, we got we got about a minute left or so. Yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to close out on before we close? Yeah, out I'd like show? to just say thank you, Joel and Tony. But to the people who are out there watching, I want to remind people that the most powerful person in America is you, mm. your neighbor, mm -hmm. those that have the who are registered to vote mm. and can take action to shape their city, their county, their state. I mean, if you, if we all get together and work together and be activists, we'll see some positive changes. But it takes everybody, Joel, you and me, Tony, everybody out there to take a part, an active part in 
shaping the destiny of their town, their state, and this nation of ours. Awesome. Tony, any last words? I knew you were going to pitch it off to me, brother, and that was the best closure ever, so I'm going to follow that. I can't follow that. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you guys so much for joining the show tonight. Uh, we, we really appreciate you coming out, Mark, uh, coming and joining us yes. here. And, it's been uh, a pleasure. Uh, as always, it's great everybody have everybody here. Uh, Tom, Vernon, Christy, thank yes. you so much for joining. Yeah. If we didn't get your comment tonight, it's not because we didn't want to. It's because yeah. there are so many good comments. We really appreciate everybody coming. Yeah. Um, right after here at 8 o'clock, we have Ranger Games. Uh, join us. That's a Veterans for Veterans show. Yes. Um, we're going to be talking about PTSD and the effects it has on there. So yeah. please uh, feel free to uh, come back around in 15 minutes. We'll have the show on there. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week at 7 p.m. Thank you very much. Commissioner Thanks. Mark.